our missionary family from um, uh, our missionary family, uh, Todd and his families are here with their five children. Um, our house church has been supporting them for four years. It has been a great privilege for us to be able to um, be a part of the mission and uh, seeing them faithfully and uh, joyfully serving even through many hardship has helped us get challenged and live our life more faithfully. Um, so our missionary Todd and their family feels like our family to our house church. Uh, they serve with Wycliffe Bible translators in Africa doing IT and other work. Uh, the last time we saw them, they were on their way to France for language training. Uh, after finishing that, they moved out to Africa. And um, I think they've been there for like two years. Um, and they, there's a lot of spiritual warfare and they have experienced so, many, so much of it. We have been encouraged to see them worshiping and trusting through it all. Um, they're Prayer strategy is called Seventh Day uh, Seventh Day Cafe Prayer. On the seventh of each month, they ask people to take seven minutes to pray for the seven of them over a cup of coffee. By the way, Todd's love coffee. Uh, they are going. Uh, they're gonna share how God has been moving and hearing our uh, through our prayers. Good morning. Uh, I'm Todd, and um, and I'm a missionary with Wycliffe Bible Translators, my family. And due to security reasons, I won't be naming our country in Africa. And uh, uh, you can, but you can pick up more information. We have some uh, prayer magnets that go on your refrigerator, it's just on the table out here. Uh, please pick one up to help you remember to pray for us. It's got a picture in our names in the country we serve at in Africa. All right, we serve in Central Africa area. Um, our country is sometimes referred to as the armpit of Africa <laughs> due to its location on the African continent. It's also known as the miniature Africa because it has all the climates found in Africa, such as rainforest, jungle, plains, mountains, desert, and coastline. So I'll share with you first about what our life is like in general, and then secondly, we'll talk, I'll talk about our ministry there. Our country is made up of t 10 regions, and we live in the capital city. The country is unique in that there are both English and French ruled areas, but the capital is mainly French. All these pictures we'll be showing you are from the capital city where we live. It's a third world country, so most of the people there are very poor. But the capital city does have a lot of buildings and all the main roads are paved. A majority of the vehicles on the roads are taxis or motorcycles, and they usually carry lots of people at the same time. I've personally seen a motorcycle carrying four people at one time. The main roads in the capital city are paved, 
but the driving is usually quite crazy. All the secondary roads are dirt, and they are usually very dusty or really muddy. This dirt road leads to the junior-senior high school that our older kids attend. The country only has two seasons, dry and rainy. During the dry season, everything is really dusty, and you can hardly see the sun because of the sand from the Sahara Desert. It blows in, uh, and it hides the sun, as you can see over on the left. That's, that's a clear day over on the left. <laughs> uh, people burn all kinds of trash during this time, so smoke is usually hanging in the air. The black toxic smoke you see is from a construction site right behind where we were living. The rainy seasons when it rains really hard for several hours every day. A lot of the roads turn into streams and become very muddy. The capital city is very hilly and there's no good drainage system. Since we lived at the bottom of a hill, we got a lot of drainage water. Our house almost flooded the first year we were there, but God helped us keep the water out by using homemade sandbags and fixing the drainage system. The answer to the question, do you live in a mud hut, is no. We live in a concrete rental house, but security is a real issue there. It is common for homes to be surrounded with concrete brick walls with razor wire on top and have all the windows covered with steel bars. Two guard dogs also came with our rental house. We always have to keep our car windows up and the doors locked when driving because sometimes children are kidnapped right out of the cars. Some people wondered whether we slept on the floor. <laughs> the answer is no. We had three beds for the seven of us, and all the beds had to be covered with mosquito nets. There are tons of mosquitoes there, and they all carry malaria. So in addition to mosquito nets, we took ma malaria pills every day and wore repellent. People ask us if we had electricity. Yes, and we also have running water too, but, the, but both systems are highly unreliable. We, we always stored extra water for emergencies in these big blue containers. The water quality is very bad there, so we had to purify all our water for drinking, cooking, brushing teeth, and washing food. We would pour the bad water on top, and the good water could be let out at the bottom. On the left is our water purification system. On the right is our gas tank that, per, that we purchased and used for cooking. We always had to have one or two extra gas tanks in case of emergencies such as civil unrest or grid system shutdown. Living takes a lot longer there. For example, all the produce purchased at the market has to be pre-washed to get rid of the dirt, then soaked in Clorox water for 20 minutes to kill all the germs, then they have to be rinsed with filtered water, and then set out to dry completely to get rid of any germs. Life there might seem, may seem pretty tough, but it was more than worth it to have the pri privilege to do what God sent us there to do. We've been missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators for over 20 years because we want everyone to understand the Bible in a language that clearly speaks to their hearts. We support Bible translation through computer work because we want people to be transformed by God's Word and have a personal and eternal relationship with Jesus. 
There are over 7,000 languages spoken or signed around the world, but only 700 of those languages have a complete translated Bible. We are very fortunate to have the entire Bible translated into Korean and English, but most languages don't have the Bible. It takes many different kinds of jobs to help get the translated scriptures to people. For example, Wycliffe has missionary pilots who fly translators in and out of hard-to-reach places. This is our missionary hangar there. We also have computer technicians who repair laptops the translators use to help them translate God's word. I'm an IT consultant. That just means I'm a computer guy. I train, equip, and lead computer specialists around Africa. In this picture, we are teaching new computer skills to our African computer specialists. One of our big events is IT Connect, which is an eight-day technical conference where computer specialists learn new leadership and technical skills through hands-on training and learning from one another. It's a highly intensive, jam-packed with valuable information and training sessions. It's a very exciting event for all the computer workers in Africa. Many of our computer specialists work in isolated places and rarely get to interact with other technical persons like themselves. So attending IT Connect really encourages and refreshes them. But our ministry wasn't always about computers. That was just my job as a Wycliffe missionary. But we believe that we go where God sends us as a whole family to make disciples. This is our local church within walking distance that we attended. We purposely chose this church so we could develop relationships and invite our neighbors to church. This was their Sunday school for all the children. The yellow arrow is pointing to my youngest. Our church had various ministries and outreaches, including this outreach at the local orphanage by the church's women's group that my wife got to participate in. Our church also hosted Summer Vacation Bible School. We had gotten to know the neighborhood kids better, so it was a great chance to invite them to the program. We made flyers, attached lollipops, and passed them out a few weeks prior. Then we began inviting them in person to come to our church's VBS. Praise the Lord, many came, and our kids were able to make more friends at VBS. Here you can see our church, the church ladies preparing lunch at our church's kitchen just outside the church building. My youngest liked hanging out with the pastor's son and the kitchen ladies because that meant she got to get nibbles from time to time. We had an opportunity to participate in another VBS at our friend's church. For this one, our children got to both help and participate. One of the most rewarding ministries was to our neighborhood kids. Thanks to our children, we were able to develop many friendships. Our neighborhood ministry really started growing when my son wanted to play soccer with the neighborhood kids. He would climb a ladder to up our concrete wall to just watch the kids go by in front of our gate. He would, take, he would time it with the kids coming home from school, and then he tried to say hi. He made some acquaintances and asked his mom to help him get to know them. My wife came out, saw a group of neighborhood kids, and one of the boys named Augustine helped to get a soccer game started. Everyone was surprised that we would want to play with them. The children there are mostly left to themselves, so the boys liked it that we came out to play. It soon became a regular thing. Then we invited them to my son's birthday party and shared the gospel with them. 
Then my daughter wanted to get her hair done African style, and this helped us bond with the girls in the neighborhood. All this led to everyone playing regularly on Sunday afternoons, and soon it became a Sunday Bible story coloring uh, time. My wife began printing out our uh, Bible coloring pages to share Bible stories with them. We celebrated special holidays like Christmas with cookies and special Bible story times too. It's so true that God can take anything and use it for his glory and purpose. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Approximately one month after arrival there, our youngest fell and broke her collarbone. But God used her broken collarbone to help bridge our relationship with our neighbors. The neighborhood kids were very curious when we moved in. Their natural reaction was to make fun or be bothersome to get attention. There was particularly this one girl who was too vocal. She would block, us, block her way down the hill on the way to our house or get all the other kids to come around us to start saying things and touch us. A few days after our youngest injury, my wife had to take her to go get some eggs, and her arm in a sling attracted attention. The bothersome girl, Quay, followed them to the store and back. My youngest couldn't balance very well coming down the muddy hill, so she reached out instinctively and grabbed Quay's hand for balance. Quay was surprised but pleased. When my wife thanked her, Quay had the proudest look on her face. From that moment, a door was opened. The neighborhood mothers felt compassion for my youngest too, so we got to know them also. Breaking her collarbone was definitely something we didn't expect, weren't prepared for, or wanted. But as always, God used it to unlock the door to ministry opportunities and precious relationships. We have shared a lot with you, but do you want to know what the most important thing is? That you are making an eternal difference when you pray for us in this ministry. Our battle is not physical, but spiritual. As you pray as a church, you're making an impact on the mission field. Please continue to pray for us. Thank you very much.